Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. God's word is absolutely settled. That means it stands firm, and it says forever. The word of God says in three different gospels, Matthew 24, 35, Mark 13, 31, Luke 21, 33. In three different gospels, the word of God says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Listen to that. God's word is a forever thing, even when this, uh, these, these uh, heavens and the earth uh, are burned with fire, uh, according to Peter's epistle, God's word will still stand. Do you get the idea of the importance of the word of God, of the fact that it is settled, of the fact that it can't be wiped out, um, and it stands firm in our lives right now? I hope that in this brief podcast series, your appetite will be reignited for the Word of God if you have kind of drifted from there. As believers, as followers of Christ, the one thing that will feed us, that will cause us to grow and change and be conformed to the image of Christ is the Word of God. Now, the Holy Spirit is in our life, but the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God, and He uses that Word. And so, we turn today to the next book in the New Testament in our Bible Blitz, and that book is the book of Romans. book of Romans is the first book uh, that Paul wrote, uh, placed in the New Testament. Now, let me just clarify that. It's, it's placed first in the New Testament, but it's not the first book that he wrote. It looks as though Galatians was the first book that he wrote, somewhere between 49 and 50 A.D. Romans, this book, was written somewhere around 56 A.D. It was written from the city of Corinth, and it was written near the end of his third missionary journey. So it's been quite some time now since Paul has come to Christ. Now, speaking of Paul, uh, the human author of this book, as well as at least 12 other books in the New Testament, uh, Paul, uh, as you remember, had a dramatic conversion experience. He was persecuting Christians. He was throwing them in jail and consenting to their death. Uh, he was serious. Now, he was doing this out of religious um, zeal. Uh, he, he thought he was doing the right thing. He was trying to stamp out this Christian cult, so to speak. But uh, as he was traveling down the road to Damascus, uh, God, the Jesus, supernaturally appeared to him in a great light. And, and it was there that Paul was converted, was truly converted and became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was radically saved without, with, without a doubt. Now he, is, he has been serving the Lord for many years. He's gone on two missionary journeys. He's nearing the end of his third missionary journey, and he writes this letter to the church, to the church at Rome. Uh, now, the church at Rome um, had, was probably, in all likelihood, founded by converts 
at Pentecost. If you remember, you know, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given, when He came down uh, and and filled those uh, believers there, and Peter preached that word, well, there were many Jews from all over the world that had come back to Jerusalem for the, fe- for the Passover and the Feast of Pentecost. And many, 3,000 of them got saved. And some of those that got saved went back home to Rome and, and founded a church. Now, you know, the church at Rome was obviously very strategic. It was the capital of the Roman Empire. And pretty much that covered a good portion of, of the uh, world in that day. Um, and so the, the scriptures say in, in Romans chapter 1, verse, verse number 8, Paul said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. Strategically located uh, uh, church, their, their, their faith had uh, traveled through, throughout the whole world, Paul said. And so it was obviously a very strategic place. Paul definitely desired to visit there in Romans 1.13. He says this, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. So Paul often planned to go there. He really wanted to be there. Uh, Paul's uh, MO, his mode of operation, seemed to be that he would go to strategic cities and, uh, and, and preach the gospel and plant churches and let it radiate out from there. Uh, and, and definitely Rome was, as I said, a strategic city. He wanted to go, but he was prevented from going. And, and in a way, we're glad that he was because out of that came this letter written to 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 the uh, to church at Rome and and this letter Romans is considered to be the great doctrinal treatise on the on the on the gospel uh, there's been much said and written about this book it is a powerful doctrinal book and I would really encourage you to not go past it because some wonderful, wonderful truths in in this God-inspired book. Let me just take some moments just to go through some of the highlights in Romans. And and, and just let me say this. This is not a verse-by-verse study. This is not a comprehensive study. All it is is a brief overview, kind of a somewhat of a summary, hitting the highlights, giving you a little taste of what's there, and, and hoping that you'll take it to the next level. So this is uh, th- this is not all inclusive, uh, but I just want to hit a few highlights. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 7 says this, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Now Paul understood that he had a special mission, listen, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh. Who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship. So Paul said through Jesus he had received grace and apostleship. Even though he wasn't one of the original twelve, he was that number thirteen. He was definitely called by God to be a special apostle. Why? To bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake. 
So there it is. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. And, and thus the writing of this letter to the Roman church. Definitely Gentiles there. Verse 6 says, Among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints. And then his greeting, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in this passage you see uh, Paul is stating that he is called to be an apostle to the Gentiles to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Uh, he understood that. He greets them. And um, he, uh, right in the center of that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And everything in the gospel hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then chapter 1, verses 16 to 18 says this, For I am not, not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first. And that was just kind of the way Paul went. He went to the Jews first. And then to the Greek or the Gentiles. For in it, the righteousness in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Here's the bad news. Verse 18, here's why we need it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. There's why the gospel is needed. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the inherent power, the dunamis, the dynamite of God. It is what changes lives. And so... Um, those verses there that I just read and spoke about basically summarize the theme of this entire book. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God revealed, the righteousness of God possible for men uh, and women who are lost. And then uh, Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through chapter 3 verse 31 basically lays it out. All have sinned. All are condemned. No one is left. There is none righteous. No, not one. Uh, for all have sinned and, and fallen short, come short of God's glory, of God's righteous standards. So, so uh, ver chapter 1 verse 18 through chapter 3 verse 31, Paul just proves that all of us are in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of, of God's glory and we are under God's judgment, God's condemnation. But I'm glad that he didn't stop at the end of chapter 3 because Romans chapter 4 uh, introduces us to justification by faith. Justification is just a big word that basically means God declaring us righteous. God lifting His judgment from us because it has already been placed on Jesus Christ. And justification comes not by something that we do, not by works of our, our own, not by works of righteousness, but it comes by faith, by trusting, believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, the death that He died to pay for our sins. And so I'm so glad for Romans chapter 4 that says that the, 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 the just shall live by faith, that we are declared righteous by faith. Romans chapter 5, uh, if I would summarize it, it's this. Freed from the penalty of sin. Uh, you know, when we come to come to the Lord and Jesus Christ and we trust in Him and we, we, we place our faith in Him, 
uh, we are freed from the penalty of sin. There is therefore now, Romans 8, 1, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Freed from the penalty of sin. And then, if I'm looking at Romans chapter 6 through 8, I would say, freed from the power of sin. When you look through, not only are you freed from the penalty of sin, but you're freed from the power of sin. Sin or sin, it's natural. Sinners sin, but those who have been justified by faith have been freed from the power of sin. That doesn't mean that we become perfect immediately. That doesn't mean that we are uh, sinless, that we never sin, but it means that we are no longer captivated by the power of sin. We do not have to sin. Uh, Romans chapter 8 deals a little bit with the fr- future freedom from the presence of sin. Right now, all of creation groans, looking forward to the redemption, that ultimate salvation. And one day we will be freed from the presence of sin. Romans chapter 9 talks about Israel's future. I don't have time to talk about that on today and do it justice. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 13. Those who call and believe on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. Aren't you glad for that hope? Romans 10, 9 through 13. And then the last part of Romans, chapters 12 through 16, basically lay out uh, practical righteousness. Uh, It takes all this great doctrine that we see in the first 11 chapters of Romans, and it says, now here's how it applies in your life. Once you have been justified by faith, here is what practical everyday living it out righteousness holiness looks like here is how true Christ followers live and it's and chapters 12 through 16 are just packed full of good practical applications of of this great doctrine you see doctrine isn't something just to keep in your head Uh, doctrine is simply biblical truth about God and all that God has revealed it's not something just to be kept in our head but it's something to be lived out to be obeyed to be practically uh, applied in our lives and that's exactly what the last part of Romans uh, deals with well I hope that this will cause you to want to go and check out Romans until next time God bless Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.